Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today's guest is Dr. Scott Minton. Dr. Minton has over a decade of experience as a professor of biological sciences at Vanguard University of Southern California, has worked as a field laboratory and clinical researcher, and has provided nutrition consulting services to medical clinics. He's earned both a master's and PhD degree in resource ecology from the University of Michigan and holds a certification in health and fitness by the American College of Sports Medicine and currently is the scientific advisor for Nordic Naturals. In this episode, we are talking in trillions because we're looking at our cells and why the health of our cells is so important and how it's the foundation of our overall health. And as Scott put it, if you can understand just enough, you can give your body what it needs. I love talking with Scott because he does such a great job of taking complicated science and putting it in a way that everyone can follow along. So don't get discouraged if you hear technical terms, Scott will explain it and what it means for you and your health. This is so important because when we understand the why behind the what, we can better investigate and question why we might be feeling a certain way or why something isn't functioning the way it should. Understanding why your body is reacting a certain way is so important so you can start making behavior changes to improve it. This is something I constantly talk about with clients. It's very hard to create long-lasting behavior changes without knowing why you're doing it. For example, if you know why drinking water is so good for you and what it's doing for your cells and the rest of your body, it's going to make you more likely to drink more water. And in the same token, knowing what having a big dessert right before going to bed is doing to your body is going to make you less likely to do it. We need to understand the why behind the what. So you want to pay attention to this episode since Scott and I will be discussing exactly that and possibly the single most important aspect of your health that most people aren't even aware of their whole life. All right, Scott, welcome. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. You are such a wealth of knowledge, and I'm really excited that you have agreed to be a reoccurring guest to talk all different topics on health and wellness. Um, But today in particular, I am very excited because we are talking about our cellular health, and this is something I think people often overlook, and I'm sure you can agree, and they don't think about it in terms of if they're trying to get healthy in any way. I have never heard someone say, well, I'm really concerned about the health of my cells. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited that we can dive into it today. So I I just want to start with if you can explain why is the health of our cells so important to our overall health? Sure. Um, and thank you very much for having me here. It's a lot of fun to be here, Kate, to be with you. Um when you think of cells and, and health, it really goes down to the foundation of who we are. And so when, when you have something that goes wrong and you get sick or you have a doctor say, you know what, you really need to reduce your blood lipids or, you know, you, you have a problem with your joints. Well, 
it's always good to sit back just for a second and go, okay, what are my joints made out of? Uh, what is my heart made out of? Um, if I if I'm starting to have a little memory loss, what is my brain made out of? Because if we can understand just a little bit, no one has to be a biochemist or a molecular biologist, but if you can understand enough, just enough, you can actually understand how to give your body what you need. Um, just like giving your car the right kind of gas. You know, if you put a really cheap gas in a high-end car, it's going to bang around because even though it burns, it doesn't burn efficiently. And so the same thing works for your body. You can put food, you can put all sorts of stuff in there. You run, you look like a human, you kind of act like a human, but believe it or not, you may not be working optimally. You may not be working up to your full potential. And really where everything happens in the body, really, is on a cellular level. And so your body is made up of organs. You know, everybody knows about the cardiovascular system or the nervous system or the skeletal system. And each of those systems is simply made up of different kinds of cells and other materials around those cells to support them. And even though all these cells are different, you know, a bone cell looks different and acts different than a, a cell in your nervous system, there are, they're, they're all structured essentially the same. Just like all humans look the same, you know, we have a head, two arms, two legs, but we all work and we are all different. And so when it comes to understanding health in a, in a body sort of viewpoint from a, from top to bottom, you know, how do I get healthy in the simplest way possible? You really, if, if, if you think down to the very foundation of who you are, I'm a big pile of 60 to 100 trillion cells. They're all different, but they're all made and they all work very similarly in, in many respects. So if we can feed these cells, if we can support them, if we can give them what they need to run, suddenly we're not having to think so hard about how do I feed my heart or how do I feed my joints? How do I feed my liver? Because if you start from the bottom up, when you start very basically and, you're, and you feed all your cells effectively, then suddenly things start running a lot better because everybody's starting to run. And then it's a lot easier to say, you know what, I still have a little kink over here. Or, you know, I'm not quite as uh, memory proficient as I should be. And so it's, it, it, it's like if you build a strong foundation for your house, it's easier than to fix a window that's a little crooked. You know, it's not like, the, it's not like if your foundation is off, you replace the window and two weeks later, it's all crooked again. Because the things supporting it are not solid. So really the goal of cellular health, um, cellular biochemistry, cellular metabolism, the whole science, if, if you will, this, this study of cells, 
is to understand how each cell works, how it's put together, and then ask, ask the question, what can I feed my cells to make them all work as optimal as possible? And then ask them, how are you doing? Which we can do now. And then they will tell you and you go, oh, here's a few things I need to plug up. And so that's the general approach. Whereas the, wrong, the, the, the more frustrating, I should say, approach is you try to fix your heart or you try to fix your intestines or you try to fix your, your, the muscles in your arm. And so it's, it's like you're the proverbial Dutch kid putting your finger in the dike, you know? You plug up one hole and another one squirts open. You plug that one up, you got another one. And it's this never-ending, frustrating exercise in trying to fix things. And usually what happens is people get frustrated. You know, I've took, taken nutrients, I've eaten organically, and I still don't feel good. I still have this problem. I give up. But it's really because their perspective has been top down instead of bottom up from the cells up. And if we just kind of shift our perspective, learn a couple of basic little things about how cells are put together, and it's not very complicated, then we can make wise decisions, really, about what we put in our mouths, which then turn into cells, and then which run us. And so that's basically why cellular health is so important as, as a concept. No, I mean, Scott, that was a great answer. And I love all the things you touched on. Specifically, though, that, okay, we can make some changes and our goal is optimal health, right? It's not just so my body can function, so I can prevent illness. No, you know, our goal is for our body to function optimally, to feel good on a daily basis. It, As a society, I think we've just gotten such a pattern of, it is, you know, we talk a lot about prevention, which is great but it's all about preventing illness, preventing disease, or like you said, we're reactionary. So we have an issue and then we only focus on that issue. But I love when you were saying that we can make some tweaks and then to get to that optimal level, we can still make more after that. We just need to keep adapting, but looking at that, you know, the foundation of the house versus like you said, just trying to fix a window, which I love that analogy. So I'm sure everyone's wondering this too at this point, but what would you say are a few things we can do to increase the health of our cells? Well, first of all, let's talk about what cells are made out of. Because if we understand what they're made out of, then we have a much better idea about the very fundamental things we need to take to actually build them and fuel them up. So if you think about it, what a cell is, they come in all different sorts of sizes and shapes. But basically, you can think of them in general as simply a basketball. All right. Now, a nervous system cell may look a bit more like a star and a cell in your intestinal system that lines it may look like a rectangular skyscraper. Okay. But basically, they're, if you squish them all down, they're kind of like a basketball, okay? And just like a basketball, a basketball has this surface, all right? 
And the surface is simply called a membrane. And the membrane is made up of two layers of fats. All right? And so right off the bat, we say, hmm, fat must be important. But what have we heard for the last 20 years? Fat is bad. Okay? So that may not have been completely correct, as many scientists are starting to say now. So we have to, first of all, understand that the outside of each cell are two layers of fat. So understanding the fats that go into making up that surface is very important. Then if we peer inside the cell, there's all sorts of tennis balls inside the cell or ping pong balls. And those are just the little organelles, just like we have a heart and a brain, um, which are organs inside of our body. Each cell has little what we call organelles or little membrane bound bags that do different things. So, for example, everybody's heard of the nucleus. It's the center of your cell that holds the DNA. That's just a membrane bound tennis ball with stuff in there doing things. Then you have mitochondria, which is another tennis ball, another membrane-bound little bag that actually is helping to produce energy. And so you have all sorts of these little membrane-bound bags or tennis balls inside your basketball of each cell. And each one of those, remember, is covered in a, a layer of fat. So we have fat around each cell making up the surface. We have fats making up the surface of each of these organelles. And so number one, before almost anything else, fats are very, very important. And so there's two basic kinds of fats, saturated fats, which are straight molecules. Okay. And so you can think of like a toothpick and then unsaturated fats or polyunsaturated fats are kinked, kind of like uh, a spring, okay? And so you can imagine when you put a bunch of saturated fats inside of a membrane, all those toothpicks stand very close together and they can pack very close. And, you know, just like you have a big pile of toothpicks in front of you, it's very rigid, it's stiff, it doesn't bend very much. And that's exactly how they work in membranes. They help solidify, they help destabilize membranes. On the other hand, if you have these kinky fats, and they can come from one kink to many kinks, they're more flexible. And so they allow the, the surface of each of these cells and the little organelles inside them to bend and to flex. Because of course we want as a body to bend and flex, that's very important. And so, Unsaturated fats, polyunsaturated fats are very important. And those come in a very uh, big variety. But um, one of the most important, two of the most important that we don't talk about, or that we talk about a lot, I should say, but we don't get much in our diet, are the two fats from fish oil. And that's why you hear everybody talking about, you know, in the nutritional area about omega 3, EPA, and DHA. Why are these two fats, so why do I have to eat fish? Well, because these two fats, they're kinky fats, they're polyunsaturated fats that your body is designed to have in all these membranes, particularly the ones outside around each cell. 
So you have 60 trillion cells. Each cell has two layers of member, two layers of fats in each membrane. And these little fats called EPA and DHA are designed to go into each one of those. All right. In quite a high abundance. If they don't, you can put other fats in there. But of course, you're not working optimally. You're not built optimally. Okay, as as a human, so you'll work, but you're not going to work up to your optimal potential. So we need to eat foods that have these fats. And really, the best one out there is fish. And if you can't eat fish, then you take a fish oil supplement. And that's the number one. Fats are very important. Proteins are also important because inside your cells, you have machinery to upon which we can build proteins. So you build collagen, you build elastin, you build all these other proteins that go into make who you are. And so without eating a proper spread of, excuse me, a protein, then we can't make all the variety of pro the things that we need to build these supportive structures throughout our body. And then you ask yourself, well, what runs this whole thing, you know? Um, and that's when we come and we start talking about vitamins and minerals. And everybody hears, I should take my vitamins, I should take my minerals, but I don't know why. And so I forget, and I don't really want to. And so why are vitamins and minerals, why do we harp on those things? Because inside each of these basketball cells, to make things go, to make to help make proteins, to, to help convert one molecule to another. These little vitamins and minerals go in there and hook on to things, and they, they help the me, what's called the metabolic processes, where we convert things, we make energy, we create wastes and have to get rid of them. And this is happening in every cell of your body a trillion times a minute every single day from the time you're born to the time you you die. And so you you ask yourself, well, uh what what happens if I don't get enough vitamins and minerals? Well, just like Kate said, you work ish, but you don't work optimally. And our and our challenge these days is that historically when we grew food out of volcanic soils, all our food that grew up in these soils and was harvested at the proper time could pull all these nutrients out, which we then consumed. And we could, and many of us also uh, ate animals who ate plants, and so they then consumed all these nutrients. And so, and so the bottom line then is today in our modern agricultural society where we do rapid harvests, where we only fertilize with a limited types of fertilizer. Our soils have become depleted. Our food is pecked early. And therefore, even if we eat organic, even if we eat the best we possibly can, we simply are not getting enough of these simple vitamins and minerals that help run our cells. So a couple of huge things, simple to start off with, is fish oil and a vitamin and mineral. If you just did that, 
and drank a bunch of water and exercised, it would change your life. It really would. And so there are a lot of other things, of course, to do, but just to start there. And I, I didn't mention protein. So if we have a protein source, vitamins and minerals and fish oil as a foundation to help build ourselves and run ourselves, um, you can figure out a lot from there. And that would really get, get, get you going in the right direction. Yeah. And, um, something Scott about fish oil and taking omega threes that always stands out to me, especially if you're, you know, you have a whole supplement routine going, let's say you're taking your vitamins and minerals. You were talking about how, you know, our cell membrane is more fluid when it's surrounded by omega three fats, right? Versus if we, if it's surrounded by other fats, like those saturated fats, it's going to be more rigid. So also thinking about in order for those nutrients and those vitamins and minerals that you're taking to get into your cell and work to help you function optimally, we want our cell membrane to be fluid. We want them to be able to get in there. So I often will talk to people about they'll be taking, you know, I've seen, I've had some clients who are taking like 11 different supplements and, and fish oil isn't one of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself and also looking at their diet because they kind of think they can supplement their way into a good diet. And all I keep thinking is, I don't even think all of those, you know, those 11 different supplements you're taking are even getting into your cells because I'm not convinced that the fat that's surrounding your cell is fluid enough. So right. to me, that's where like omega-3s and being kind of the foundation of, you know, part of the foundation of cellular health, but also just any type of, um, supplement routine or just, you know, if someone is trying to get healthy, right? And let's say they're they're like, every day I'm going to eat a salad for lunch that has all different types of vegetables in it. So I'm getting all these vitamins and minerals. Well, you want to make sure your efforts are repaid, right? And you want those vitamins and minerals to actually get into your cells. So do yourself a favor. Um, and I do want to point out too, if you, you know, are vegan or a non-fish eater there, you can do an algae supplement as well. The only thing I would want you to consider and kind of steer clear from because, you know, between food marketing and the media, you may think that you can get your omega-3s from plant-based sources, not including algae, but plant-based sources like nuts and seeds. But the issue there is you heard Scott talk about EPA and DHA. Those are the omega-3s that our body wants. But then there's also ALA, which needs to be converted into EPA and DHA. And the omega-3 ALA is what we find in those plant sources like nuts and seeds. Um, you know, you hear a lot of the times like flax seeds and chia seeds are high in omega-3s. Well, they are high in the omega-3 ALA. Now, the issue is for ALA to be converted into EPA and DHA it's a one to 5% conversion rate. So you're really not going to get the amount of EPA and DHA you need. So I highly encourage you, again, if you are open to fish, highly encourage fish oil. Um, but if you are vegan or a non-fish eater, you um, can do an algae supplement, but please don't rely on those plant sources for your omega-3s. Right. And let, let me expand on that just a little bit. 
Um, Kate talked about, about ALA. That's that's what we call an essential fatty acid because your body doesn't make it at all. And so we have to obtain it from things like nuts and seeds and avocados and all sorts of stuff. Um, and so do we need that? Absolutely, we need it. However, that's also what we call a parental fat because that parent creates offspring, which of course, we need vitamins and minerals to help convert um, to make these offspring. And EPA and DHA, like Kate said, are two of those offspring, which are kind of like great, great grandkids. And it's kind of way down the conversion chain. And so, like she said, we don't make very much of those, but our body needs a lot. And so that's why we need to consume them outside of just food or even you know, that's why we need to eat fish or take fish oil or algae supplements. Now, something you may have also heard about are the omega-6 fats, which is a different family of fats, okay? Its parent fat is called LA or linoleic acid. And it, of course, creates offspring too. And you need vitamins and minerals to make those offspring. And so the, the interesting thing about these two families of fats is they use the same enzymes. Now, enzymes are used just to convert one thing to another. A goes to B, B goes to C, or a parent is made into offspring, all right? So these two families of fats are use the same enzymes to make their offspring. And so they're they're hanging out in the, in, in the same area. So... Um, they're hanging out in membranes, they're hanging out in cells. But what's fascinating about these two families, the omega-3s and the omega-6s, is they actually do different things in general. They're structured very similarly, okay? They're both polyunsaturated kinky fats. They both go into membranes. They both are kinky, so they, they allow the flexibility like Kate was talking about. But what's fascinating is, is your body can take them out of the membranes, convert them using enzymes and vitamins and minerals once again into other things. And these other things are hormone-like signal molecules that run around your cell and tell it to do stuff. And when you take an EPA or DHA or one of these omega-3 fats out, it gets converted into signal molecules that lower the stress inside of cells, all right? And going back to something Kate said earlier, where does this all start? A lot of times it starts in our digestive system because your intestinal lining or cells just like anybody else. And if those are inflamed, you think you're gonna be able to absorb efficiently all those carrots and celery sticks and squash and organic uh, arugula and the 15 vitamins you're taking? No. Why? Because the cells aren't working. They're not flexible. They're not able to take in that which you're eating. So actually starting out understanding, wow, I need to eat more fish or take in more of this EPA and DHA through fish oil or algal oil, and then reduce my intake of omega-6 fats, 
And the biggest way to do that is simply cut most of the vegetable oil out of your diet. Stuff you, most people cook with, you know, if you go out to eat a lot, they use vegetable oil to cook their the food. So if you reduce all that down to, to near zero, in a couple of months, your body will start moving all the omega-6 fats out and start shoving the omega-3 fats, EPA and DHA, in to cells. And there are very simple tests. You can prick your finger and ask your body, how am I doing? And it'll tell you, gosh, I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. And starting to swap out all these fats. And in this, along the same time, you may start feeling a little different. Maybe your joints aren't quite as sore. Maybe you don't have so much bloating after a meal. Perhaps you're, you don't have brain fog in the afternoon so much. And you start noticing these things. And so much of what bothers us these days goes down to these simple understanding of fats, how they go into cell membranes, how our cells are made up, and then how cells work as a response to being made, whether it's either a pro-inflammatory makeup of fats or an anti-inflammatory makeup of fats. And that is so simple. Everyone can understand. Everyone can do this. And it would revolutionize your life. I've seen it. Um, I've seen it revolutionize how people feel, how they think. Therefore, how they behave, what decisions they make. It's, it's exciting to see a body transform by doing very, very simple things. And once you have that foundation built, then it's so much easier to go in and go, oh, yeah, there's still this we need to tweak. Okay, take, you know, maybe you may need to take this supplement here instead of the 50 that Kate was talking about earlier. You take one. Why? Because you know where the hole is. You know where the problem lies. You just need to upregulate a little bit here or calm yourself down a little bit there. It becomes much more simple. It becomes more understandable. You can build success on success. And it's shocking how much of this is based on simple Understanding of cells as basketballs, membranes, fats, and some vitamins and minerals and stuff to help run everything. Yeah, I know, Scott, you explained it so well. And I do want to go back and just touch on omega-6 fats. I agree with you that I think um, cutting back on vegetable oils is one of the key points. And most people will say, well, I don't, I don't even cook with vegetable oils. Well, every time you eat out, they most likely are. So I know right now, too, a lot of people may be getting takeout because that's all we can do. We can't go out and dine at a restaurant. Um, hopefully that changes. But it's something to think about when you're not preparing your own food that most likely they are using those. And then other omega-6 rich foods are any type of processed foods cheeses have omega-6 fats. But then I also like to point out, and it's not to say I don't want you to have any of these foods, but walnuts contain omega-6 fats. They actually contain more omega-6 fats than omega-3s, which walnuts are usually touted as a, um, a high omega-3 um, food. So, And then there's also avocados, chicken, your eggs. They also all have omega-6. So 
what I like to propose people do is, you know, we're trying to get in balance. And right now our omega-6 is up here and our omega-3s are down here. And yes, definitely cut out those vegetable oils, processed foods, and get your omega-6 down. But let's just bring our omega-3s up and try yep. to get balanced that way. I'm all about adding versus taking away. And yes, let's take away the bad stuff that's also going to be terrible for your health in general. But there's going to be a lot of healthy foods that are rich in omega-6 fats because like Scott said, we need them. We need them if you fall and cut and scrape yourself. We need that inflammatory response, that acute one. But let's start to raise the bar on omega-3 fats. And if you're ever curious, especially since we're talking about cellular health and you're like, oh, geez, I, you know, I really hope my cell membranes are fluid and, you know, just you have no idea where you're at and um, what your omega-3 levels are. There are easy omega-3 testing kits you can get. And like Scott said, you just prick your finger, um, you turn it in, they'll give you a whole comprehensive report. So that's one easy way to find out. But I want to go back to, Scott, to you pointed out some warning signs that maybe your cells aren't healthy, like brain fog. And, you know, I want you to elaborate. But for me, it's just if you start to notice, and I want people to do this more, if you start to notice anything is off, guaranteed it's at your cellular level at, you know, at some point, right? But pay attention to when you're not feeling great. And we're going to talk about some key strategies at the end that you can start doing today to improve your cellular health. We already talked about adding in more omega-3s, but are there any other big warning signs that your cells may not be healthy? Um, let's see. You know, it's going to differ for everybody. Um, I'll just say that right off the bat. And many times this will hit people at different ages too. Um, for example, I remember working with a, a guy who was a professional cyclist. And he ate whatever he wanted. He did whatever he wanted. He drank whatever he wanted. And then he hit about 40 and he hit the bloody wall. And he comes in and just goes, ah, ah, I got nothing. I got nothing left. And so we all kind of have that time in our life when we move from thinking we're invincible to realizing we are not. And yet what's fascinating is it's, I think that time is getting earlier and earlier um, now. And this is because there are so many chemicals in our environment there are so many chemicals in our water system. There are so many chemicals in our air, in our food. The, you know, we drink water out of plastic bottles and a lot of those plastics go into us. So all these things we try to do oftentimes to be protective and healthy, we end up sort of poisoning ourselves. And so that's, as Kate mentioned, testing becomes very, very important. And so you ask, well, what tests do, do I do? You know, I've been to the doctor. The doctor says, I'm fine. Keep this in mind. The, the standard blood test that a doctor runs looks at how your organs are functioning, all right? And generally, those tests tell you when you're starting to get in trouble. 
This is when your cells are yelling at you. Hey, I'm in trouble. <laughs> what you want to do, like Kate was mentioning, is get to your body when it's still whispering. I'm a, I've got a problem. I'm uh, heading up in the wrong direction right now. Could you could you help me out? And this you can see in what are called metabolic tests. Many doctors are starting to run those now, but not all of them are. It's not your standard insurance-based test. But it's it's a good investment to do every couple of years just to see how you're doing. But what those do is, you know, like Kate mentioned, you're you're going along, you're feeling pretty good, but you know, suddenly you're you have a little bit of trouble um, going to sleep or waking up. You're starting to notice there's some bloating or gas after a meal, or you feel full all day. That's not so good. Um, you don't have as much energy or endurance as you used to. And what a lot of people will do is they'll go, well, you know, I talked to my friend who's the same age and they're having the same problems. So it's normal. And my response to that is, no, <laughs> no, that's normal sick. You want to be normal, optimal. And that's what we were talking about before. Most people don't even know what it feels like to be optimal. Um, and one of the best examples um, I, I can give you just right off is that if you've ever had a, a, a smoothie, you know, when you have a smoothie with all this good stuff in there and, and you drink it, or maybe it's, a, you know, a, one of these kind of post-workout drinks or something, and you drink it and you sit there and suddenly your body just starts to feel good. It's almost like you can feel all this stuff, whatever it is, running into the cells and the cells are going, thank you. Yes, there's a sense of peaceful power and quiet energy, you know? And then it goes away and you go, ah, well, I wish I could keep that all day. So not to say we're all going to have that all day, but that's the goal is to have more of those kind of sensations that I have no pain anywhere. I have full function. If I want to get up and run somewhere, I can. If I want to work for a couple hours, I can. I don't hit the wall in the afternoon. When I go to bed, I clonk off. When I get up in the morning, I jump out of bed ready for the day. And so if, if these are not normal, then those are starting to be these little signs that your body is whispering at you, check this out. And so, like I said, there's, there's a host of things to evaluate. There's sort of check metabolic checklist you can go through, you know, are my eyes red all the time? Do I have puffy bags under my eyes? Are my earlobes creased? I mean, you can really get into it. But the bottom line is, Remembering if you can the the, the a time where you just felt invincible, really, and then what started to change, um, and forget what your friends feel like, forget what your uh, family tells you is normal, forget even what you think should be age appropriate. 
normal, think of what is optimal. You know, I want to go when I'm 90. I want to be going when I'm feeling like I was 20. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the age appropriate part, that's probably what I hear the most, Scott, is, oh, well, this just comes with getting older. But I'm hearing this from like, 30 year olds. Oh, I hit 30 that, you know, that's just what happens. And I'm like, no, 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 you should be in your prime. Like this is when you should be feeling great. But I think so many people just toss it up to age and what naturally happens. But, um, I wanted to ask you, Scott, with those metabolic tests, and I know for every person it's different, but are there a few, if anyone's listening today, that is sitting there going, you know what, I don't feel great. And I would love for my doctor to be able to find a doctor who runs some of these tests. Are there specific tests you can recommend? Yeah, it really depends on things. But um, yeah. if, if, if your doctor would just go to, and this just, just, I mean, there's lots of them out there, but Genova Labs is a good place to start. Genova Labs bought a company called Metametrics. And Metametrics started 20 years ago, 25 years ago, building these metabolic tests. And I think it's always good to start with foundational tests. And one is a food allergy test, because many people are allergic to foods that they don't even realize they are. And you go, well, you know, a person may go, you know, um, I don't break out in hives. But do you eat something and feel a little bloated? Hmm, maybe you're allergic to the food you just ate. Or do you have a food that you love? Many times when you love a food, you're actually allergic to it. Okay? And um, what's sneaky about some of these allergies is... Um, you, you don't even realize it because let's just first say one of the classic ways you get allergic to a food is you get sick, you take a course of antibiotics, and the antibiotics kill off a lot of these protective bacteria in your gut. In your gut, your, your intestinal lining gets a little bit of crack, a little crack in there, and some food sneaks into your bloodstream. Let's just say that was an app, a piece of apple. And so now your body, you're out, this apple's floating around in your blood and your body goes, oh my gosh, enemy, we need to attack this foreign entity in the blood. And so now you could be allergic to apples. Uh, it's, it's, it, you know, most people go, what, what? I'm suddenly allergic to apples. Yeah. Um, is, is it a permanent allergy? Maybe, maybe not. But just knowing that you are and eliminating that whatever food it is for a while and letting the body calm down, suddenly your digestive system helps be cleaned up. You start absorbing more things. You're feeling better and everything starts going. So food allergy testing, I think, is one of the first things. And then there are simple tests that don't require 18 gallons of blood. You know, you can take a little blood. Um, take a urine sample, um, and some of these tests are called organic acid tests. And for a relatively small investment, you can learn a lot. And we and you learn a lot about what your body is making efficiently, what it's not making at all, 
what it's making inefficiently. And so you learn nutritionally and metabolically what holes you need to plug or what you're getting too much of. And so in a very rapid manner by taking, say, a, a food allergy test and an organic acid test, you can learn so much about your body. You could revolutionize your health trajectory in a very short time. If, if you're willing, again, to just go, okay, can I modify what I eat a little bit? Can I do some little supportive nutrients here? Start simple, though. Start simple. Because then you really can notice how am I feeling? Uh, what's changing? Um, and finding a good uh, physician that can help you along the way is also very helpful. Or a medical practitioner that understands these tests and will help you evaluate things along the way. So you can actually note your progress. Yeah, no, that's great. And it also shows you just how different we all are. So you shouldn't be comparing your symptoms to your friend's symptoms or your neighbor's symptoms, because we are so individual and we're all functioning differently, but our goal is all the same. Um, yeah. And getting back to that, Scott, if you could, you know, we talked a lot about how increasing your omega-3s can help your cellular health and again, making that membrane more fluid and allowing, you know, those beneficial nutrients in. But if you had to pick, besides fish oil, your top three things people can start doing today to improve their cellular health, what would it be? Top three things. Well, I would start with the omega-3, omega-6 balance, okay? Um, I would take a broad-spectrum multivitamin, multimineral, and I would invest a little money there. And the reason for it is that if you look on the back of two bottles, you'll see they look sort of the same, but one of them has longer names usually than the other. You know, like instead of uh, just a B vitamin, it has 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate. And you go, what? If you had a choice, go with the ones with the longer names, all right? Why? Because those are usually a little bit more expensive, but because those are the forms that your body can use more readily for most people. So you spend a little more, but you get a lot more bang for your buck, generally. All right. So, and that goes for minerals too, generally. So a multivitamin, multimineral, an EPA and DHA supplement. Um, and then you know, I'm, I'm assuming you're kind of dropping off a lot of the excess omega-6s. And then I would say, a, for most people nowadays, a probiotic. And, and why? Why eat bacteria? Well, be, be, because if, if you look down inside your intestines, particularly your large intestine, there are massive amounts of bacteria. And these bacteria are there to protect you and also do all sorts of other cool metabolic things we can talk about later. But basically what happens is because many people don't have, especially when you're over 40, sufficient stomach acid, your, your whole digestive system starts to become less efficient. And food may hang around in there longer than it should in an undigested state. And so you actually have 
mini bacteria growing in there that shouldn't be there. All right. So what does a probiotic do? It helps cover any surfaces that may be open for the moment. It helps outcompete some of these foreign bacteria that shouldn't really be in there. So it's a very simple way at the beginning when you're really trying to change things around to um, reestablish a more optimal community inside your gut. And I'm just going to add one more thing really quick with just regard to food, and that is to eat a colorful diet. Like if you look on TV and on some of these food commercials, you'll notice that the food is brown and yellow and white. I would, I would counsel you to eat orange, green, red, purple, all these colors, okay? Because the important thing about each of these colorful foods is that each of them carries different probiotic bacteria too. And so by eating a more colorful diet, you actually start to change the health of your entire digestive system that could radically trans help transform you to being an inefficient system into a more uh, efficient and absorptive system. So you're actually getting more out of what you eat and take. And you get a variety of nutrients and more of a yeah. variety, which I love. Um, I have a friend who actually is going to be one of our guests, Carolyn Brown. And I love, she says, we don't count calories. We count colors. So she's like, yeah. I want to see all the colors. Um, and also everyone, you heard Scott say, this is the time when you're selecting your multivitamin, multimineral that we don't care if you can't pronounce the name on the nutrition label. We want you to not be able to pronounce it. That's the better one we want you to go for. Um, go. I want to just say, lastly, Scott, if there were two, we talked about, you know, eating a colorful diet. If there were two other lifestyle changes, not including supplementation, you know, I always think about hydration for cellular health. Yep. Yep. Um, but I'm curious if you think there is a specific type of movement that's best for cellular health? In, in general, um, I, I would say there's a movement and a non-movement. The movement is simple aerobic exercise. And this is very important um, for a couple of reasons. One, clearly get your blood going. And what does that do? It moves blood throughout your entire body. So you're moving nutrients and you're removing wastes. But what it also does, what most people don't understand is it moves blood more efficiently through your liver. Your liver is a very complex organ and the blood has to percolate through these um, layers of cells all kind of stacked together in these kind of hexagonal patterns. And when you're not getting much exercise, the blood doesn't flow so efficiently through the liver. And so the cleaning detoxification processes aren't as efficient. But as you exercise, and again, this doesn't mean you have to get out and run five miles every day. What I do is I have my clock on my computer go off every hour and I get up and do push-ups or do, do some jumping jacks or do something just to move the blood. 
every hour, you know, as we're sitting here in front of our computers all day, just five minutes an hour is huge. Or so, so I think just getting blood moving throughout the day, very important. Um, and let's just say, you know, you've got a broken leg and you can't move. Deep breathing exercises are huge. For example, cancer cells hate oxygen. So just doing some deep breathing exercises throughout the day is incredibly helpful to help oxygenate cells, get some metabolism ramped up, start moving things along. And then the non-movement, of course, is sleep. Sleep is incredibly important. There are so many people who do not sleep well. And it's one of those undiagnosed, not very talked about issues in our society. But there are tons of people starting from college age on who do not sleep. But if you're not sleeping, you're not detoxifying properly. Your cells don't have a chance to regenerate and clean things out. And so the non-movement at night is critical for cellular health. And if you're not sleeping, that's something to really try to figure out or get some help on figuring out. I was just going to say, and sometimes exercise will help that. So the aerobic exercise or and, and weightlifting can help you sleep. But if it's more than that, you know, if it's more of a hormonal imbalance or a neurotransmitter imbalance, then you need some help to figure that out. But it's worth taking the time to figure out because that will pay benefits for the rest of your life. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm so happy you gave... An example for some people, they have to be sedentary. Like you said, if you broke your leg or, you know, you just, you have to be sedentary. I love that you gave the breathing option. But if you do not have to be sedentary, get up and move and listen to Scott. Scott, this was so great. I mean, I always learn so much when I talk to you. I'm sure everyone on here, I'm sure you're going to have lots of comments and questions how we like to wrap up every episode just to get to know you a little bit more is a little rapid fire Q and a. So first thing that comes to mind, first one being what is your favorite de-stressing practice or support tool? Um, right now, my favorite de-stressing tool is martial arts. Nice. Because it is very difficult for me. It's, it's, it's not, does not come natural. And so I have to think to tell my body what to do. And it's an insane workout. So you walk out drenched in sweat, completely exhausted, mentally toast, because you've been trying to tell your body (laughs) to do all these weird things for two hours. So it's, it's sometimes getting out of your own head in a physical manner you know, I used to surf a lot and that was awesome. Um, but my life right now just doesn't um, allow that. So, so those, those kind of things, um, yeah, for me is just really fun. Oh, that's great. And that's such a different way of looking at it. I love that. Um, okay. Next one. If you had to choose coffee or tea, coffee, coffee person, and do you put anything in your coffee, Scott, or are you just like black? No, hardcore black. Yeah. Okay. But, but, but we do use a specific type of coffee. And oh, you've told me this before. <laughs> the specific coffee maker. So we are coffee snobs. And so it has to be hot, has to be fresh, and has to be a certain 
blend. And so, yeah, uh, I'm all for uh, a, f- a few crutches in life. And so, <laughs> and wasn't there wasn't there Scott a particular brand in Norway? I remember you telling me about. Oh yeah, time that you're oh, like yeah. it's the best coffee in the world. <laughs> it, it is, and it's surprising. It's 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 an organic blend that you get in the supermarket, which you wouldn't expect, and it's already ground. And usually, ground coffee, you know, it, a lot of the flavor and so forth is lost. But I think part of it is that the coffee makers in Norway are a lot different than than the ones here. They're totally different structure. So that that coffee with that coffee maker, it's smooth, it's clean, it's nice. And yeah. And do you remember the name of it for anyone once we can finally travel if they go to Norway so they can get it? Oh, no, you just go into uh, Coop, C-O-O-P, which is a big (laughs) uh, grocery chain in Norway and just look for uh, the organic coffee. There's, There's only a couple in there. Okay, and it's already awesome. random, so yeah, yeah. easy to oh, find. I, I could use one right now. Um, okay, favorite home cooked meal. Ooh, huh? That's an interesting one. Um, my wife Kirsten is so good at throwing together so many things. Um, the first one that just came to mind is chili. Um, it's phenomenal bison chili. Mm. So yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Scott. For anyone listening, if you have any questions for Scott, please just leave them in the comments below and we will make sure we get them to him and get you an answer. But I really can't thank you enough, Scott. And like I said, I'm so happy that we're going to be able to have you back on and have you as a reoccurring guest on some different topics. Um, So thanks so much. My pleasure. It was really fun to be here. Thank you. With each episode, I like to give you actionable steps that you can walk away with and start incorporating into your daily life. From today's episode, I want you to start observing your symptoms and how your body's feeling and dig deeper into the why and not just accepting a diagnosis or an ailment and then trying to fix it and just plugging that hole. Because like Scott said, if you're not healing the root cause, many other holes can pop up. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can watch every episode of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me along on Instagram at livewellwithkate, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com. And we hope to answer your question on air. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.